in an Instagram-filtered future where the military runs secret alien experiments in space, a group of space hobos will unwittingly play a large role in the alien resurrection. There are a lot of bad movies out there. Listen as we try to find the ones that are so bad, they're actually good. Is it just bad? Or is it exceptionally bad? Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Exceptionally Bad, everybody. I'm Brant. I'm Bracken. I'm Nate. And I'm Ben. And we have Danny sleeping in the corner. <laughs> we watched a scary movie tonight. Yeah, he's, he's recovering. <laughs> he didn't want the sound of him sucking his thumb on the... <laughs> How's everybody doing? We're good. Doing well. Yeah. Good times. Um, so, uh, you know, before we talk into this, this movie, um, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts. This movie... Uh, I guess we should just say what it is. So we watched Alien Resurrection tonight. Um, I love the Alien series, one and two particularly. And some of the later ones that are kind of sort of related, but really one and two kind of set the series for How me. How many are there? There's so many. Well, well, so there's the Alien kind of family. There, and then there's like the Predator, and then there's the Alien Predator. And then the Prometheus kind of timeline. Prequel. Yeah. 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 yeah, so that's four, five... Seven movies now. There's a ton of them. Uh, I yeah. think it's more than seven. There's the four with Sigourney Weaver. Yep. yep. There's the Alien versus Predator. I think that's a single movie, There's right? There's three oh. of those. There's three of There's them? There's three yes. of those. Yeah. Oh, I had no. I thought there was only one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You're thinking and then the two Prometheus. And then the Prometheus ones. And yeah. then there's two of the Prometheus ones, yeah. right? With Ridley Scott. Yeah. Jeez, uh, uh, I am. Yeah. Prometheus and Alien Covenant, right? Alien Covenant. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I've only seen one and two and now this one (laughs) one two and four i know what you're doing this weekend (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so really the the nice thing about those is that is kind of three separate like almost three separate franchises yes Um, it's kind of like lord of the rings and the hobbit kind of that's right yeah kind of you don't same universe but you treat them separate yeah um so for me this movie along with three kind of ruined it and kind of tainted me on the alien series. Right. Um, and I wanted to get your opinions. Like what are some movie series that you love that one of the entries just completely put a stank all over it that you just couldn't walk away from? Uh, well, Ben and I are the obvious answer is Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, Temple but, of Doom, right? Well, come on. <laughs> no, but you, come on. You're going to watch the new one, though, when it comes out. Oh, absolutely, because right. they're, I don't know. Well, I'm going to watch it either way, but from right. what I hear, they're kind of ignoring the fourth one, the Crystal Skull. It's Indiana Jones Resurrection, right? Right. <laughs> there can be it's only one. where you find Indiana Jones in an archaeological site. Is there, right. clon- <laughs> is, is there cloning involved? <laughs> there uh, is. I oh, think man. some people would say 
I think for some people, the Star Wars prequels or the sequels. I think you could say that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it ruined the series for me, but Spider-Man 3 was not great. Yeah. The Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 1 3. and 2 were, were pretty good. Right. Like, everybody has their angsty period. It's just part <laughs> of growing up. For me, Star Trek V. Uh, the Wrath of Khan? No, that's... <laughs> the Return of Han? <laughs> that's a deep cut. <laughs> Star Trek V is the one that William Shatner directed, which uh, is uh, the final frontier. And did I did I go back and see Star Trek VI? Yes, but yeah. I just kind of ignore Star Trek V and, and Star Trek The Motion Picture. I try yeah. to ignore those. So we've done a few um, sequels already mm-hmm. on the podcast. I know you're a huge fan of Superman, Bracken. Did yes. four taint your love of the series and the franchise? No, I mean I still loved uh, Star Trek, uh, Superman, and Superman Two, and mm-hmm. but it obviously killed Superman Four. The Quest for Peace obviously killed the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it wasn't until Brian Singer was like, "Okay, we're going to go back and we're going to do like a direct sequel to Superman Two and kind of pick up where that left off," because everybody didn't really care for three and four. So right, but uh, so yeah, you know, I, I still like Superman. I'm I'm always going to be a Superman fan. All right, I love it. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Alien Resurrection. So uh, I raise of you know virtual hands. Who had not seen this before? Me. Nate. I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Do one of you guys want to give a plot synopsis? I'll ben, do it enthusiastically. Okay, go for it. <laughs> okay. So uh, th- this is the Alien universe. Um, it's about a, a group of space pirates. One of them is kind of a gruff uh, captain, maybe a little charming. There's a female engineer. There is uh, a young, innocent girl aboard that seems to be not everything that she appears. Um, an adult, though, not a child. Not, not a child. She's not an adult, newt. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, and it's not... Um, Firefly. <laughs> so, um, they land on a ship, and this they're delivering bodies to this ship. Uh, it's cargo that has been ordered by scientists on this larger ship. And these scientists on this ship have found some of uh, Ellen Ripley's DNA inside of, like, an amber mosquito or something. Yeah. And they have been trying to clone her. Uh, it's like 200 years or yeah, 200 years after Ripley died in Alien 3. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And uh, they keep messing up. And one of the problems is that the DNA that they have is a mixture of her DNA and the alien DNA. Because, again, spoiler, in Alien 3, she was impregnated with an alien. So the DNA has mixed a little bit. They're having trouble quite getting a viable clone but they finally do eighth time's a charm (laughs) and uh ripley is created and uh she's got special powers like she's half a xenomorph and she can also remember who she was that's right prior (laughs) life she's got that the memories travel in the genes that's how cloning works is you can remember everything too it's genetic memory it's in your blood so once they uh, they actually 
she is even impregnated with the queen. Like, that's part of the thing. There yeah. was no egg, but the queen was inside her. And they surgically remove it from her and let it grow up big. And then it starts having laying eggs. And the cargo that they got from the pirates were these people that they then uh, let the facehuggers jump on them and impregnate them. They're trying to, I, I believe at one point, somebody says something like their goal is that they want to weaponize these aliens. But they also said things like, I think this is, they were trying to soften the blow a little bit. Uh -huh. They're like, think of all the vaccines and the new right. metals that what we can, can come we up learn? with and all this other stuff. Right. It did, you get the overtones. Yeah. They're just evil doctors. It's, and it's basically, it's Jurassic Park because they're, they're trying to control these things they can't control. They don't understand. They don't know. Things go wrong. Suddenly the aliens are killing everybody. Wait, and... what? <laughs> I know. I didn't see that coming. And okay. the space pirates and Ripley are trying to escape. And uh, most of the movie is them trying to escape. And then at one point, Ripley, uh, because she has a connection with the aliens, at one point she hooks up with one of them. Like Tinder connection. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, Swept it right. is, I believe, <laughs> the one that she hooks up with was her own child, the queen, Yeah. who then gives birth uh, to a an alien-human hybrid born naturally, not through an egg. Not cesarean. Not cesarean. A live, live birth, and it is creepy, and then they... <laughs> Get onto the ship. They get into their escape ship. And they, they need to destroy the big ship so that the aliens don't... Because it's heading back to Earth. Yes. So they need to destroy the ship so that the aliens don't kill everybody on Earth. Um, so they escape onto their own little ship, but her little child follows her. And little, little... That's... <laughs> little, little child. <laughs> hyperbole. The, the little child is like nine feet tall. Right. They uh, battle it out with the little child and crash the ship into Earth. And then everybody is happy because they're on Earth and most of them have never even seen Earth before. Um, and then Ripley is going to continue to live on and she has like acid for blood and stuff. So it's creepy. She's anyway. the future of humanity. And it's not a movie about child abuse, even though that's what Ben was making it sound like. <laughs> Just, when we say the little baby, it's, yeah, it's a giant it's, alien. Yes, it was a giant gross alien. Whose first act was to rip its actual mother's head completely. That's right. Yeah. Not Ripley, but the queen. It, yeah. it looks like Skeletor in the head. It does. Like, its eyes really it's sunken. and But it kind of looks cute. That, like It gives you the little puppy eyes yeah. I mean, behind it, that gross what? exterior. Yeah. The good news is you could easily evade that thing just by getting outside of its peripheral vision, just like <laughs> right. Skeletor. Just like Skeletor. Like, it had no neck. It had deep set eyes. Just it, it's gross because right. it had like regular eyeballs. Yeah. Behind, like blinky sad eyes. Yeah. Right. Behind right. the when deep was it skull cute? eyes. Maybe I fell asleep during the cute no, part. No, the, the eyes were like yeah. They... There was when it was trying to reach call and it couldn't reach her, and then it was like all sad face. Yeah. And it goes, right. Mm. It, I didn't you know, it as much as a Ripley. gross skull-faced When it was alien. stroking her face. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pseudo-making out almost. So it was weird. I think we're going to talk a lot about mixed signals in this oh, yeah. episode. Think, yeah. And this is... That made me think of the wedding planner, you know, when... He, That's when, right, touching oh, Massimo's oh, face. Maybe, maybe yeah. the alien's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Who was in that movie again, Danny? Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> 
is. <laughs> <laughs> From the background. So, um, before we, you know, we, we've talked about the plot. We'll get into the details, but just kind of hear some high-level stuff. So, this movie was released in 1995. So... Um, this 1997. Sorry, seven. I don't know where the five came from. I I had graduated the year earlier, so I was you know a free eighteen year old wandering the streets old. when I saw this. So I did actually see this in the theater. I paid money I, to see it when, well. when you were homeless. <clears throat> when I was homeless, yeah, I had nothing else to do with my money. <laughs> um, you know, I was honestly surprised when I was going back and reviewing the scores because it didn't get nearly the bad scores that i thought it would right and it was one of those weird occasions where the audience actually liked it less than the critics which i found odd considering that it's a steaming pile um had a budget of about 70 million dollars and grossed about 161 million so it was successful Mm -hmm. you know they got more than you know two times their money back right math checks out good on them yeah um Sigourney Weaver obviously is the star of mm-hmm. this. Um, what are your thoughts on should she have come back? <sighs> I have opinions about this because Ripley is one of the coolest characters. Like in movies, Ripley, I mean, but she was not Ripley. No, yeah, that's the thing is that Ripley is this awesome character in Alien and Aliens. Um, and then here in this movie, I mean, it was Sigourney Weaver, but it wasn't Ripley. It was like a clone. <clears throat> yeah. Almost so like a, this like... is a very loaded topic because, I mean, we could get into the whole Alien 3 discussion, <laughs> which this podcast is not about. But, we're not about spoilers. But I, I mean, you could, have, you could ask, should she have done Alien 3? Right. You know, like, right. or done that script or version of Alien 3. Right. Like, it really her character was killed off in that movie. And then of course, resurrection, they clone her and bring her back in this one in a different iteration. But, um, it, it's just, it, it's, yeah. I mean, it, this, you could discuss the whole franchise itself yeah. And, yeah. and just see, this is the second time a, a movie in the franchise is kind of disappointed audiences. And, you know, then it starts, you start to wonder, well, what went wrong? What should have happened? You know, there's been even serious discussions of rebooting it uh, with just being a sequel to the second one, which right. know, everyone loves. I think they should do that. Yeah, Th- That's the that thing that, be... that, you know, what kind of to circle back on what you were asking us about other movies and why we get disappointed. I think it's because we love the, the, the originals or mm-hmm. the, you know, the good ones yeah. in the series so much right. that we kind of overlook or we forgive maybe a little bit more the the bad outings in a franchise. Right. Um, because we still are hoping in our heart of hearts that we'll get a little, you know, at least a flavor of what we love so much about the original. Right. Uh, I would argue against doing a, you know, a, re- a reboot that takes oh, yeah. off after you do. Well, just, I so, mean, you're not going to have Ripley or not the same Ripley. Right. Cause you know, unfortunately for the world, People age, and mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver is well, is not a, anymore, not with the new technology of de aging. <laughs> so, are you referring to the Nicolas Cage movie? I'm referring to <laughs> lots of movies, uh, yeah. Star Wars, Avengers. Uh, they're all get, using yeah, the de age so thing. I, well, yeah, and I think they did it well in Captain Marvel with mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. but well, they did. Uh, but yeah. I think the the 
You don't want to do a whole movie though. Right. I don't. I don't have a problem with people with like the de aging, but I'm just like, can we come up with a different story? Yeah. Like, yes, we can. In some ways, it's really fun to see stuff from when I was a kid because you know, like for our age now, the crap's being recycled that we were into as kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it would sure would be fun to see something original. Original. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's true. Something original, but I mean, there are ways they could. Like we talked about the original, the original version of this movie before Sigourney Weaver signed up, sounded awesome. It takes place right after two, two, yeah. And Newt is grown up, and you know the alien hunter now. And I mean, I think that would be cool. You have totally different actors, and it's totally believable because she's no longer a child, right? And you well, could just I haven't seen the Prometheus, but they're a prequel, right? So Right. Yes. Any anything I, I, I don't know if they're good or bad, but like at least it's a it's They're not sa- horrible, but they're same not. universe but different. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Kinda like I really liked Rogue One because it was just the Star Wars right. Star Wars right. universe, but it wasn't about the Skywalkers. That's right. And I thought that was that was original. I thought that was fun. Yeah. Prometheus yeah. is not that. It's it not. is it's literally like leading up to the events. It's of the people kind of... who crashed on the island on the planet that where they find them in the first alien well, they, it's like is... a direct prequel you know they find the big ship well, with yeah. the giant things so this happens... that's what prometheus is is where that giant ship came from so they go there before ripley's crew goes there yeah or... okay it's it's the ship that they find the creepy monsters in. <laughs> they found the <laughs> they found the name of the ship yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's all it's about is discovering the name <laughs> they're right. walking around yeah. the whole time like what is this ship called <laughs> Um, so, I mean, the, Ben, you talked about the original script. So, you know, Joss Whedon, um, wrote this, uh, screenplay, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever your opinion of him is now, I know he's a little controversial lately, but you know, he has done some cool stuff in the past. He is a good storyteller. Mm -hmm. Um, where do you think it went wrong? Because the original version did sound kind of awesome. I, th- I feel like this might be one of those things where the studio stepped in and people who were looking to get money back from right. this endeavor decided to steer the ship in a different direction. It's the same insurance company as Highlander 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of thing where he's he's signing up to, or he's ready to write this thing. He's got this cool version already. And then they're like, oh, yeah. By the way, Sigourney Weaver is going to be in it. And he's like, wait a second. Didn't she die in the last one? Right. And they're like, yeah, find a way to do it. Make Highlander 2. It know? worked out so well. It's a good <laughs> right. template. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Without a time machine. It's, yeah. it's a winning formula. <laughs> well, And unfortunately, I think as far as the studio is concerned, that's true. Because they made double their money. That's right. So they did. Yeah. But. Which is unfortunate because we, you know, they keep turning out just garbage. Right. But we all show up to it for exactly the same reasons that we right. just talked about. Is there's nostalgia and you love it and you want to see oh and where are they really gonna go the with xenomorphs it? are pretty dang cool. They are so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just wanted to see a synthetic human get ripped in half. Right. Again, yeah. Right. You just need that and just spewing milk everywhere. Right. <laughs> Didn't work out. <laughs> Didn't work out in this one. Never works out for them. Um. So. You know, before we kind of rail on this movie, I think, you know, we thought the movie was kind of dumb. But mm-hmm. what about this movie did we actually like? I, 
so not to get too far into like uh, going crazy over what happened, but I I know she's not Ripley. Mm-hmm. We've already established that. But it, I enjoyed watching like a sinister version of Ripley. Yeah. Like for most of the movie. And then she does an unexplainable 180 and becomes... Love will do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> Motherhood changes you. <laughs> I'm told. I'm told. Oh. You know, it, it all makes sense now. Why, why didn't we do I, this? <laughs> Hopefully we're releasing this close to Mother's Day. And <laughs> I, I don't know if love does that to you. I, I don't know. So, but I, I enjoyed seeing Sigourney Weaver playing like a sinister version of a character. Yeah. I... Devil May Care, kind of. My my problem with that though is she was never it never felt like she was committed one way or the other. Right. Like well, I couldn't tell is she she was like Loki. evil or is she good. Well, that was the thing is they wanted you to not be not sure and you right. know not sure where this was going to shake out and was she going to be allied with the aliens and, and or not and you know it works for a bit but not for the the full two hours. Right. Uh, my, you asked what I liked about the movie. I, I guess the first half. I mean, <laughs> I, I. This is the second time I've seen it. I remember seeing it the first time and and thinking that it was fine. It, it starts off pretty strong. You think, okay, where is this going to go? And then it just kind of makes a veer left, and it's just kind of like this isn't Alien anymore. This is some other franchise that they're. I don't know what happened. I, I jokingly, yeah. I made this comment to my, when I watched it for the first time with my wife, and she was, you know, we thought that the the writer had gotten killed off at a certain point <laughs> by the alien, and the story just kind of, I don't know what happened to it. It just kind of got away from itself. Birth the hybrid. Yeah. yeah, I think I think about the time we see the last hybrid, um, and just, well, not the hybrid, but the child uh, monster. It just kind of. It just kind of the whole movie kind of goes off the rails, and it's just not good. So, so let me let me ask you this. So, I I think I I, I agree with you. I kind of like Sigourney Weaver's character to some degree. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting twist. Let me put mm-hmm. it that way: that she's kind of neither here nor there. Whereas before the the previous two, she was very much like the bad a kick yeah. ass, you know, whatever. Um, and so. Are any of the characters, the other characters in this movie, likable at all? No. The other big name is Winona Ryder. Right. Know, she's on the posters yeah. with uh, Sigourney Weaver. and um, She's kind of whiny. You know, I take it back. Ron Perlman was a sweetheart. <laughs> well, I mean, usually you a love Ron of Perlman. He, just, the thing is, Ron Perlman was absolutely Ron Perlman all through the whole thing. He was. Like, he was. So one of the strengths of, the, of Aliens... I feel like is all of the different characters yep. on the force. You got to know them. Right. And you can name them. They had personalities. <laughs> you, cared. you cared about them. Yep. In this one, they did cast a lot of character actors, mm-hmm. but it was never written or you never really got their characters or got to yeah, know them. Yeah, there was no development at or all. Or to care about them. Right. right. Even when you find out, about Winona Ryder's character, I won't spoil it. We can spoil it. It okay, came well, out we'll sp- thirty years okay, ago. Okay, great. So she's <laughs> she's an she's not human. She's a robot. Uh, she's a th- synthetic. Synthetic. Yeah. You know, uh, you still don't really care for her. You're like even when they're mocking her, like, oh, she's a synthetic. I didn't know they still had those, and they have this close up of her, and she's just kind of pouting towards the camera. Yeah. You're like, well, 
they're just kind of being mean, you know, mm-hmm. but you don't really care about anyone. And when people get killed by the aliens, you don't feel bad. You don't, all. you're not like, <laughs> Oh no. And you never feel like I, I did feel like there's this one sequence in the movie where there's underwater. It's a, you know, it's mm-hmm. a very famous yeah. scene. Uh, you see a couple of the xenomorphs swimming CGI, yeah, whatever. It's pretty cool looking. It's a pretty co- cool sequence. Uh, I remember the first time I saw it thinking, okay, there was a little bit of anxiousness about the, the aliens are going to catch them. Mm-hmm. You can see them coming and swimming. But this time around, I mean, it, it doesn't hold up like when you wa- I could watch Alien again or Aliens and I would still feel I would get into the movie. Mm-hmm. But this, you don't, I didn't feel any connection with what was, was happening. So I just kept wondering where all this water came from on a <laughs> spacecraft. <laughs> I know, you know, I've pulled me right out of the movie because I because this one's you know we we joked about physics in in Superman but that's not meant to be realistic and Star Wars does not follow like a lot of the rules of physics but this was supposed to be realistic realistic yeah. and I, just thinking of how much fuel and stuff it would take to launch that much water into space yeah it just didn't make any sense to me yeah. but otherwise I think the movie tracks and is grounded Everything in reality and reality. makes sense it was just the water that really kind of ruined it right. for you yeah it was the water that makes yeah, sense well I have I mean we're pretty progressive neighborhood I got xenomorphs in my neighborhood and so <laughs> like so yeah I don't, I don't know what you guys are where you get, what world there's, you're there's living xenophile. in xenophile <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of get out of here with your xenophobia <laughs> It seemed to me like the, they were in a part of the ship where it was normally occupied by just levels where there was regular stuff and it somehow got flooded. Yeah, you know, it's like, it where looked, did it come from? It, it had w- to be somewhere It was out of like a... start with. It was like one of those uh, movies from the 70s where, you know, the, the cruise ship has starting to sink and it's yeah, yeah. underwater and, you know, they're trying to swim underneath to get to the other part of the ship. But... They never explained how it got filled up with water. Well, so we 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 were joking <laughs> as we were watching how everything there's steam everywhere, yeah. which seems highly inefficient on a spaceship. It's a steam powered spaceship, and we, that's where the water came from. They swam through it's the boiler. boiler. <laughs> it got out of the room where the coal scuttle was. Well, you remember from the original Alien how much water condensation there are on oh, all those chains, right. you yeah. know, in yeah. the in the the, the belly the of the ship. With the yeah, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of moisture in space. Oh so, I, so take it, I, I wanted I take to it say <laughs> about the characters, I didn't care about anyone, but as far as character development went, I felt like there were two characters that you kind of knew more about, but they were both villains. One was the uh, top knot guy. Yep. And the other guy was Dan the... Dan is that who that is? Well, the guy from Clueless. Uh, the guy that... from no, uh, that's, that, the, that's the general. Wormwood. He, he, Grima, uh, Grima, Grima Worm. Grima Wormtongue. Wormtongue. From, yeah, from uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. And the other guy was the uh, the other um, like scientist guy who survived till the end, basically. You yeah. know, and he was. I mean, you don't know anything about him, but you do know they're kind of one's just messed up in the head, and the other one is just like a bad dude. Um, and you kind of are excited when they finally get it in the end, but, uh, everyone else, it's like, how did you, how did we miss this? That, I mean, I don't even care about one on a rider in that. No. You know? No, not one. I cared, I cared more about the nameless crewmen that get in the escape pod and then the xenomorph gets in the escape pod. So they have to throw a grenade in there Yeah, and they detonate it 
after it gets out in space. I cared more about them than yeah. the characters that you follow around. Yeah. Because yeah. they were just innocent bystanders for the most part. All right. We'll, we'll talk about some more of those lovable characters in just a minute after this break. Oh, yeah. All right. Welcome back. Um, so continuing kind of things that we did enjoy. Um, I, I thought the special effects were actually pretty cool. I thought I they, agree. I thought, you know, there were some things that were a little sketch, but I think by and large, I think the set design was well. Um, I think some of the, you know, visual effects were very cool. What, what are you guys thoughts? So, uh, I read some stuff about the making of this that made me, uh, as a person who kind of knows about these things, uh, works in the industry, it kind of made me cringe a little bit. Uh, the director, for example, he wanted all of the ships to be miniatures, okay? Mm-hmm. Because he, which is fine. I mean, that's the way Star Wars Rash. was done yeah. and stuff like that. But <laughs> he said that uh, CG spaceships don't look real enough. But so he wanted miniatures, okay? Which my brain says, wait a second, spaceships are like the easiest thing to do in CG and mm-hmm. probably look better than anything and then but at the same time that he wanted practical miniatures for the spaceships he wanted cg full cg characters Mm -hmm. um full cg aliens aliens the xenomorphs and stuff um which i think the cg looked great Mm -hmm. like i really think the visual effects uh, and the practical special effects everything looked great i think they chose good places to put the visual effects that's right right where Mm -hmm. so in most cases they were practical that's right yeah but those swimming yeah the swimming ones the way they moved it was really cool and creepy and just fluid yeah yeah there was uh this the scene right after that where they're climbing up the ladder and the xenomorph is climbing Um, up yeah and it's the one where the the guy in the wheelchair and the alien's like dodging yeah dodging bullets yeah (laughs) and ron perlman flows backwards, hangs down upside down and starts shooting at it, what? right? Um that that alien looked really weird. Now, it I'm sure it was a difficult shot because there was fire all around that's like yeah. moving and stuff and here's a wet alien that just came up out of the water, but it always looked like it was kind of coated in clear plastic or something. It looked really weird to me. Um and distracted me. That was like to me the the least effective visual effects yeah. shot that was in there. But I feel like this happens every episode. But put that? yourself in that alien's shoes for a minute, Ben. It's dodging bullets. <laughs> it's, it's sweating it's, bullets. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's wet. It's trying to hang on to the rungs of this ladder. All of its drool has just uh, smeared all over its whole body. It's almost <laughs> like it came out of that frozen nitrogen steam bath. That's true. It's, so It's got to find its mark and everything. So, so excuse so. it for not looking like it's ready for church. Yeah. And just imagine you've done up your beautiful, luxurious locks. You've put a bunch of hairspray. You step outside and it's raining, right? Yes. Right? We're not going to hold that against you. I don't understand why you're holding this against this poor alien. Oh, my goodness. Ben is the judgiest guy on the show. Really? <laughs> Man, <laughs> I, I thought the sets were great. They were consistent with aliens. They did feel uh, like they, that. you know, and alien. I, I really did not like the look of Alien Three. I, I'll keep yep. hearkening back to that. I, I agree guess, with but, you hundred uh, percent. I did dark. not enjoy. I can't the even movie. imagine. This movie was much more. Uh, imagine Alien in 
uh, Battlefield Earth. They put a couple of cells right in front well, of us. <laughs> so do you know that weird scene in The Matrix where they're like in Zion and they have that weird like dance party? The rave. It's like that the whole movie, but with aliens. <laughs> it's Agent just, Smith keeps popping it's up. stupid, yeah. <laughs> the look, the, the filters on this look great. I mean, I think from what I understood is that they added silver to the negatives to make it look extra metallic-y. Like and more pop and shiny and it had a good look um the the director did tend to do a lot of close-ups yeah a lot of times mm-hmm. when it didn't seem the- thematically necessary it was enough that it was distracting a little bit mm-hmm. i think it reminded it's me like, of birdemic and yeah a little bit <laughs> a lot of close-ups on just faces talking to each other you know cutting from one face to the other and, and for long sequences yeah so the director what's his name jean Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre Genet. Um, also known for Blank. Uh, Amelie. Oh, uh, yeah. He did, yeah, he did do a bunch of stuff. Top he didn't gun? direct Amelie, did he? Around the World 80 Dates? Broken Arrow? I missed it. Top Gun? My really? He was in... No, that's not him. He did a bunch uh, of stuff. So, he, he is a French director. There are a lot of French oh, actors in this movie. Right. Um, and I think... You know, we kind of commented on this, I think, and we've commented about this in other movies where you have a foreign language director directing an English language movie, and sometimes a little something gets lost in translation. I think there's probably also some of the just culturally different things that like, maybe some of the things that we harp on are just totally mainstream in French media, right? right? Like, it's yeah, just totally yeah. acceptable. Like, just that's, of course, that's how you shoot that. Whereas, you know, for an American audience, it feels weird because we're not used to that. So, like, when your main character has this love scene with this giant alien. Exactly. It's just kind of awkward for American audiences to, to take that in. But for French audience... It was a very European okay. It, yes. Yeah. So, it wasn't okay. so much... It, it, wasn't it was like, a cultural thing. Got it wasn't it. a sexual sorry. tension thing. It was just they were introducing themselves. They were kissing <laughs> each cheek. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, Got yeah. it. Uh, he didn't speak a lot of English, uh, I believe, when he made this movie. Does he he had a translator on set. I, I, I would, I, I just cannot comprehend being in that situation. I mean, for for that a big budget movie like this, it's just incredible. That's weird, yeah. So incredible. Did we get the, the name of the wheelchair guy on here? Um, I think he's in here. I feel bad saying wheelchair guy because. I don't remember any characters. Right. No, I mean, and that's literally his distinguishing thing is he is, I think he's just like paraplegic. So he's got no feeling. I want to say from the waist. Yeah, no feeling on his legs. They established that very early in the film. Uh, He just looks a little bit like he could be um, Christopher Lambert's cousin. (laughs) He does occasionally. When you're saying that this is French and French actors, I'm like, it kind of makes sense. Yes. Yes. You know, this this is a, I mean, he's a good director. He's directed several well-known things. Like? Amelie, Delicatessen, A Very Long Engagement. Those are three that I am familiar with. I love Amelie. Yeah. Never heard of but, Delicatessen. But are, are those Alien Resurrection? I mean, no, no, the no. Same these kind are of very, alien resurrection. very not science movies. fiction. They are yeah. surrealistic. Like, surrealism. And, and then what was that movie that you mentioned that you said you well, thought I that same thing was that from that Yeah, movie? I don't see that on here, so I don't uh, know. That it, it reminded me of Dark City. Okay. Yeah. Um which is uh 
I think it's specifically because Kiefer Sutherland in Dark City is wearing the same thing that the scientists are wearing, and it's kind of looks a lot like it. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, Do he's you... a good director generally, except different language, different genre. So, so <laughs> I am not in the movie industry. How does that happen? That you like? He just seems like nothing against him personally, but mm-hmm. it just seems like a weird choice. Like the writers. They were, and the producers, the producers basically have made every single alien movie ever. Right. right? Every variant. Like, how do you, as those producers say, you know what? I'm going to hand the torch to you, person who barely speaks English, to run this very American movie. I'm not a super alien expert, but my understanding is is that this franchise, every single movie in this franchise, they kind of did it this way. Where they, you know, the first one was done by Ridley Scott, and then they got a new James they, Cameron was they kind of sh- they talked to other people it was in development a sequel they couldn't get someone to come up with the right idea they they finally stumbled upon James Cameron he wrote it he direct you know and he did the whole thing and they're like great and then you know he didn't want to do the next one so they moved on to a like okay we got to find a new director and so they kind of shopped it around and then they they got David Fincher to do the third one and and they, this this way again for the fourth one is my understanding is that they had actually uh, approached several other directors or people that um, weren't big at the time but are now big uh, that had the opportunity to come up with an idea for this or pass on it and mm-hmm. obviously Joss Whedon uh, wrote it um, and I don't know if he had been given the opportunity to direct it or not but I know that there had been other couple other directors that had been approached and they had done that on the other you know alien movies before it's just kind of something that they did this is this is kind of unusual i don't think it usually works this way they usually have like a producer that carries the movie you know Mm -hmm. forward or Mm -hmm. for on these big franchises like this but it just seems interesting because the first two i mean are very well known Mm -hmm. very well established very successful directors the third one obviously took but they weren't they I mean, weren't at the time. Way. They weren't at the time, or at least uh, James Cameron wasn't yet. I don't even think Ridley Scott was a big name. Well, yeah, you know when Alien came came about, he obviously this, yeah solidified his reputation with other movies um, in the eighties and up to Gladiator, and you know right but, uh, that those were all after. I mean, Alien was the thing that made his his career. I yeah. would say, and I mean, kind of the same for. James Cameron. Oh, I mean, absolutely. he. I mean, he had done uh, Terminator Two, but it came out while he was making this movie, right? Because uh, he, he had done Terminator or Terminator before Aliens, right? Okay, yes, right. Yeah, and then, and then while he was making Aliens, like the crew. That I mean, that's the story, right? The crew didn't had never seen Terminator, and here's this guy who they nobody knew him. Gotcha. He's this American guy because Alien is a British franchise. And this American comes in and stuff, and nobody knows who he is. And then James Cameron, yeah. Strictly speaking, he's Canadian or Canadian. Sorry, North American. North American Canadian. Maybe that's the connection. Uh, Maybe, but just you know, I don't want our listener to apologize. (laughs) I apologize, James Cameron, for calling you American. I don't don't want Maddie. (laughs) I don't want your daughter fact checking us. That's right. She's hooked for life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I imagine in this circumstance, it's probably the kind of thing where this guy has had a couple of 
critically acclaimed films that he has mm-hmm. done in France. And they've been known... I mean, he's got tons of awards for films and nominations for films that he had done as foreign language films and mm-hmm. stuff Maybe he's like a big that. name at Cannes. Yeah, exactly. Like, people know who this guy is uh, in the world of cinema, and maybe he's like, hey, I want to try to break into Hollywood. You know, what is there something I can get a chance at? And his agent, you know, contacted the aliens folks. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we're looking for someone new. Here's a great thing. It's already an established... He uh, thought it was like an immigration film. <laughs> <laughs> In the war-torn future. Yeah. <laughs> Love between two warring factions. Oh, man. <laughs> um, okay, so we... Is there anything else that was likable about this? I mean, obviously the characters weren't great. I... I, I can Story name Call, good. who is Winona car- Winona's yeah. Her name character. was Call, but everybody called her Cole. Cole, pronounced it Cole. It was super <laughs> yeah. weird. And then, obviously, Ripley. I don't know that I can name a single other character Oh, there's the one, Christy. I remember Christy. He was the, the black guy. Right. Yes. Just because they kept yelling his they name. They yelled his name to be, like, he was like a sniper guy. Yeah. So, does anyone remember what the general's job was on Clueless? No. <laughs> He was an attorney. Well, because he's... Uh, That's right. He was her dad. He's right? her dad in Clueless. Mm-hmm. And he's the Butabi brothers' dad in Night at the Roxbury. Mm-hmm. Dan and Hedaya. He's, and he's yeah. a general in this film. Like he just... Some might say he is the father of the aliens. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> just continuing his uh-huh. paternal instinct. So he's more like the grandpa, because he's just the guy running the ship. That's yeah, true. That's, That's true. true. Um, anything else that we enjoyed? How was the music for what it was? Uh, you know, there were parts of it where I actually felt like I was listening to the Austin Powers theme song. Dun, dun, dun. Like it, the, Not the I was, it was, so I when in my research for this, I, I did recognize that they were trying to go for a different kind of music than say alien. Yeah. Aliens uh, had done a different feel that were a lot of some actually romantics music in certain parts um it was fine it it worked it, you know but i did kind of <laughs> there was a riff in there that did kind of remind me of austin powers i you know the things i really like about the movie uh, not a whole lot of things but i do like sigourney weaver mm-hmm. i mean she's a star there's a reason she's in these movies mm-hmm. she earned her you know she did a great job uh you know the character twist i think uh, was fine uh i really like winona writer mm-hmm. i have to say when i watched this though i didn't feel like she did a great job mm-hmm. i was really kind of disappointed in her acting she's usually really good um and i as i, I watch this again i thought meaty role I thought, usually yeah i mean i think she's she she's accepted she's this married. part without even looking at the script she just wanted to be a part of the alien franchise right uh but she she didn't have a great character other than being a synthetic. Uh, she survives, uh, but she wasn't delivering her lines very well. I thought all the other actors were great. They did fine, but she did seem a little, I felt like she was just kind of going through the motions. I don't know. So some of her line deliveries were just kind of, so why Very Winona Ryder-y. And, and it, so this is the thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please just explain. Really, just really quick. 
Sorry, Nate. Uh, I'll, I'll shut up in a second. But just when you think of the Alien franchise, of all the actors in Hollywood, would you ever consider thinking Winona Ryder should be no. in an Alien movie? No. no there's no right? ghosts. There's, it's just, it seems like such a miscast yep. kind of a thing. It's odd. She, it's not that she didn't feel like she should be in the movie, but she just was... Not the right kind of... Her her yeah. acting style choices in this movie were not congruous, I felt like, with the rest of the, the cast. Like, she was... Do you, do you think it was a writing and direction thing? Or do you think it was just she was the wrong actress, period? I think she was miscast. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's like casting what's-her-name on Alone in the Dark as a scientist. Terry as a... Uh, Shut your filthy I don't mouth. know if it was... <laughs> she was perfect. I don't know if it was that bad. But, <laughs> she had glasses. But, like, even <laughs> when she'd have... was up. <laughs> even when Winona Ryder had one-on-one scenes with, say, Sigourney Weaver uh-huh. or Ron Perlman, they were, like... They were chewing up scenery, and she was kind of there. Well, like, even she would just deliver these lines, and they felt a little stiff or mm-hmm. just not... They just didn't seem real to so me. So let me ask you this, because I feel like the the character volume, I'm going to use that term, okay. in, in this movie is turned up to, like, 12. So everybody, like, their archetypes are just cranked all the way up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Ron Perlman is yeah. an absolute a-hole. Right. Like, right. in every possible way. Like, yep. everybody is whatever their their archetype is, cranked up. And she was not. So I think mm. she was just, like, performing fine, but below where everybody else was. Like, if you had picked her up and dropped her into, like, aliens, mm-hmm. do you think... I think she, she would have fit better. Do you think she was trying to be data from Star Trek The Next Generation. So <laughs> I started to think about that. I'm like, well, maybe she's trying to be, maybe this was a choice that she made for being a synthetic and we hear about this later, but I just didn't feel like that was the right choice for, because we're not supposed to know that she's a synthetic until right. the very end of the movie. I mean, we well, d- we don't understand why she's on the ship. Like, she's obviously the new person on the pirate ship. Yeah. And none of them really even know who she is. So, um, we don't know how she knows about the experiments that are going on and that Ripley has one in her. So they do explain that. It's literally one line. Okay. Well, and I actually, I have a little bit of a theory about this. Yeah. So the whole thing about this is like hybrids and rebirth right. and everything, right? So you've got like next gen uh-huh. aliens. You've next... got next gen Ripley, which is right. kind of like the next generation of human. They said, and it's kind of thrown away. And this is where I think it's just bad storytelling. <clears throat> is they, they make a point to say like the other synthetics mm-hmm. got together and created and their own next gen synthetics and they're gen, like oh yeah. you're a second gen synthetic and i think that might be part of the oh well i i'm a, I'm a synthetic with emotions whereas the I old see. ones from the first ones they're very very animatronic mm-hmm. right like you got it like they right. had no real emotions she I think is attempting to while still trying to play that fine line of like, right. Oh, I'm a human, but I'm also a robot. Right. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm part of me wonders if there was this whole kind of overarching thing that's not well established of, Oh, everybody's the next generation. It's the I next see. hybrid. We're resurrecting, you know, the androids, the humans, the aliens, everybody is like next. Yeah. I don't know. Could be that mine was a serious question by the way i wasn't making a joke about data because she just was very kind of yeah yeah even keeled emotionless but i was thinking i don't know if we could view this as a positive 
or not, but part of me wonders if someone bet Joss Whedon. Like, I bet you could not <laughs> write a film that was going to double its budget at the box office where not a single good decision was made. <laughs> and he was like, hold my beer. And he wrote so, Alien Resurrection. I read a thing that Joss Whedon uh, talked about, or maybe it was a, somebody's analysis of this. Oh, no, it was Joss himself saying it. Basically, what he had done prior to this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Angel on mm-hmm. TV. And so he's writing this thing, and he was trying to make it a serious, you know, not having the normal Joss Whedon clever snarkiness that his... is kind of his style. That's his style, yeah. right? And so he's trying to actually write out of his style, and he kind of like Steven Spielberg doing a comedy. Joss Whedon did this and realized, oh, you know, this isn't my thing. I, this is not how I do things. And then he went and made Firefly and then everything else. Avengers and, you it, know. And... It's too bad because that that he felt he couldn't put any of his signature Well, I think that he was because... trying. I think that he, A, didn't know that that was his signature flavor yet. And because he was still fairly new, new at it. The way he talks about it, it's like he didn't realize that that was his signature flavor. Well, we also kind of talked on like, there was an original version of the script where right. Newt was kind of that the, he wrote, the heroine. Yeah. Right. Right. And he was kind of established for like Buffy was kind of like that teenage next right. gen kind of like, exactly. here's the heroine. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, like here's a quote where someone had interviewed him and you know, they said, well, he can write teenage girls and he can write action. So let's give him a shot. And yeah. So, I think it's maybe one of those things where just over the course of the development of the things movie changed and he was, he no would, would have been a good fit for right. it, for that direction. And then it changed and he just could not step yeah. up to that. Well, whatever, where it was heading. I, I was just thinking there's room for it because Bill Paxton, mm-hmm. he's in the first one, second, second one. So Bill Paxton like steals every scene. He's oh in, yeah. Right. And he's not funny on purpose. No, no, no. But he brings some much needed levity in some serious scenes. Yeah. But and I don't think he's written as like a comic relief, right. but the way he delivers his lines. So nowadays we're used to this kind of thing. Like the Marvel movies do it a ton yeah. to various people. You know, Ad some people nauseam. don't like it. Some Maybe people, too much. But. Yeah. But I mean, it's the kind of thing that we're used to now, but at this point in time, it was not kind of an established thing where it's okay to drop humor into this very serious, se- very serious yeah. thing on a regular basis. I don't know. And for a fourth outing, sometimes you got to go a little bit more humor, right? Because right? it's all been done. Yeah. I mean, at that point. if they had the dancing alien from Spaceballs, <laughs> it would have well, home run. I mean, they, they'd already, uh, yeah, right? It's already been parodied. So what else can you do at this point? It's been, it's been covered. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there was a lot of good things to say about it. Uh, like the whole time I was like, what are you guys doing? It was like worse than a horror movie in terms of decision-making by characters. Uh, like everybody was running upstairs the entire time and splitting up and just every poor decision you could make. Yeah. So, okay. So you get down to the general guy's credit. So he orders an evacuation. He stays to make sure people get off. He's like a going down with a ship type of thing, or he was going to get on the last one or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's there, he blows up the one that he sees the xenomorph get on, mm-hmm. and then, in a very corny fashion, he gets killed from behind by the xenomorph. Right. But like, um, so his credit that happened. So we're now on the boat, boat. <laughs> we're on the ship. <laughs> we're now on the ship with it's just 
the it's just the ice pirates or whoever they are, right? And the and the um, and Ridley and the aliens and a couple of like a couple of people. So there was uh, the soldier, yeah, and the one scientist that was the soldier, the one Tuco th- Salamanca. <laughs> <laughs> yes, him. I, I know him from the, from the closer. He's one of the oh, is he? one of the cops on the closer. Okay. Um, again, a side character, but. Uh, so so we're down to our cast of however many people this is like yeah. eight, eight people or something something like that mm-hmm. and and so they're all working together to escape and then out of nowhere evil scientist guy uh maybe it's a shout out to Paul Reiser in the original but like, yeah he's still uh, alive and and he and he betrays them all to try and escape on his own which which didn't make any sense to me. Weird motivation. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna do this, like why don't you wait till you're all on the ship and then just kill everybody else? Oh, that guy. Yeah, and yeah. then so that was one of the things I was like, what? Why did he make that decision? Like, it's clear you need each other to get to wherever you're going. Right. But so let me let me ask you this: the first one was excellent for tension, right? Like you don't see the alien for the longest time. It's just thrilling right Mm -hmm. like very suspenseful you're like what's gonna happen when's it gonna happen i think two did an excellent job as well but layering on like action right what do you think this one was going for because personally i didn't feel tension (laughs) any kind of fear at any kind of point like it was just i don't know i just felt like it was a de facto thing the aliens are gonna be obviously getting out oh there they got out right i don't know it felt a little by the numbers but so this one to me, it feels like it feels like it has a message, like it's like trying. It wants to, yeah. It wants to have a message about what kind of like Jurassic Park. It wants Park. a Jurassic like, Park message. Like, yeah, they want to do in that. Space. But I mean, it's the things like you were talking about. Is the second gen of everything? Delicatessen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, <duh. laughs> um, the stars. <laughs> it's you know a message about the follies of blindly. Thinking that you're thinking that nature. you're better, yeah. Nature the hubris of scientists of man, and like it's I don't know. I feel like it's there is a message. It's trying to. It feels like there is. I mean, the whole thing about when uh, Winona Ryder first finds Ripley and she's like, "I could end it now," and Ripley's like, "Why would I let you do that?" And then it's like, "Well, what's the right thing here?" You know, like. Right. And then there's all of the one through seven Ripley's that failed, mm-hmm. and seven is still alive even though she's terribly disfigured and you know wants to be uh, put down. Put, yeah, and uh, there's like some kind of message here. I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is. Well, that's where Ripley has her shift, her character shift. Right. Yeah, that's when she all of a sudden loves the aliens and hates the people. Well, but then she likes the people. Well, she again. starts caring. She starts caring. Like, yeah. oh, I guess that's she what it is. Is very indifferent, and she's very almost evil because she, yeah. she's like, I can sense the aliens, and you're all gonna die. And it's right. like, I could not care less. And suddenly, seeing the failed versions of herself, right? She now loves the humans and the aliens. Yeah, and. Want and wants the humans to succeed. She wants, yeah. Which, for uh, no reason that we could discern, because <laughs> like we don't want any of these guys. The yeah, only guy well, that you that you even have any sort of sympathy for is the wheelchair guy, right? And and he's not on the in the movie that much. Is probably why, <laughs> right? <laughs> probably why you 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 kind of still have 
positive feelings towards him is he hasn't yeah. annoyed you enough. Right. I, I felt like they were trying to go into a different direction with what had been done before, but they should have kind of taken some lessons from Alien 3 and said, okay, what didn't work there? And let's get making it. Let's get the let's get the franchise back on course (laughs) with doing something different because this they had to rise of Skywalker. This thing it just it just got worse (laughs) from from that. But whatever it's called, I to be perfectly honest, when I saw this movie the very first time, uh, my understanding was that Sigourney Weaver did not want to do even Alien Three, but she kind of was like she's you know i remember her being like on the tonight show or something and being asked about the next one and she's like how many times can my character be chased by these aliens like just she just didn't want to do it and so they gave her 11 million reasons they gave her 11 million of them but <laughs> so my and she got a producer's credit on this and i thought when i watched the first time i thought i think she deliberately I, the, and I'm totally, this is just my projection. This is how I took it is she deliberately made the, or made this movie knowing it was so the second half of it was had such a bad ending that it would end the franchise. It's just how my, yeah. how I, I gathered it. Cause the alien creature <laughs> is so horrendously not alien. It's so bad. It's so over the top. It's so unlike anything. It was kind of like, I just, I took it as, Sigourney did not want to revisit this. She wanted this to end so she could go on and do other things with her career. And yet I re- I now I read articles, you know, all the time on the internet where oh, Sigourney's interested in coming back and doing another one and she probably is, but yeah. at the time I really thought, man, she she just wants to get away from this character. It's she's died once, you know, let's just try and the best way to really end something is just make a really, really stinky sequel <laughs> and let it just and stink. let it just leave the fill, fill the room and let the audience just kind of all leave. That worked yeah. well for the Highlanders, so, right? So, are you so, saying that she wanted to torpedo the movie and it ended up being like a torpedo so, from Star Crash? And I have no, opens up and a xenomorph pops out. I Arr. have only respect for Sigourney Weaver, and I had no no proof of that. But that was just my take when I watched that movie. Uh, so when I watched this movie for the first time, you know, yeah, so. there's so uh, at the end of each season we have our bad movie awards, yeah. and with last season we had our Christopher, our newly named Christopher Plummer award category, yeah. yes. category which yeah. was uh, I'd do anything to for work Rome. in Rome, yeah. right? Yeah. Because uh, she interestingly did the exact opposite because uh, she, first of all, she didn't want to do it, but then they brought a ton of money to her. And she's like, okay. And then, uh, historically, the alien movies have all been filmed in England. Right. And she said, I don't want to travel. I want to stay home. And <laughs> so she would do anything to stay home. They brought Rome to her. So they brought Rome to her, yeah. yeah. And so they filmed it in Hollywood. Well, I, I don't blame her one bit for yeah. taking the money. <laughs> she did a good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, and, and she obviously... I mean, it's not know, like she it's not like did she a halfway the script, job. But she's she, just like... You guys, she's laughing the whole time as they're making it. I'm just, doing my best. They just I, backed a dump truck with dollar bills, right? In right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember seeing that, oh, she's got a producer's credit. So she had 
yep. some kind of approval on this on the script, and yep. so I just assumed that she had some. She kind probably of, had points on the back end, probably as, well, as a oh, producer. Yeah. That's oh, how I get. Paid. Yeah, I mean, so I would it's expect like a Matchbox car. <laughs> a Matchbox car <laughs> brings your paycheck. Yeah, it dumps the cash out of its dump truck. <laughs> Both pennies fall out. <laughs> my two boat, my two coins for the ferryman is what it brings me. <laughs> Uh, no, I, well, you know, I, sorry to cut you off. She was great. I, she did a great job. And early in the film, I think the way they did the lighting is you could tell she's, I think they tried to make her look not quite like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But they also did that for, for Faye Dunaway. I know, but like, <laughs> Winona Ryder, yeah. Well, when I, I wondered if Winona Ryder, they did the ring light, if they kept that in to make. Because she was an android. Feel Do you know, android? I, yeah. I was thinking that might be the case, but also her eyes are so dark. Like, they just, such dark brown that it just looks like big giant pupils. They didn't and look like the, the ring alien. light actually helps it focus her eye line, I yeah, think. Give her a little more. So I don't know if that was the intention or if it was because she's an android and they're kind of like, look, her eyes feel a little artificial you, you do see that a little bit with the ring light with that one with, scene where she and Sigourney Weaver together right. in Sigourney Weaver's eyes. Yeah, but I just thought... Because you see that in Winona's the whole movie. Yep. Yeah. And so I thought maybe that was that was what they were a going for. The, the camera was be. more directly straight on for Winona Ryder's right. face, so yeah. you could see the reflection a little bit better. But it could have been a good choice, like you said, because she's uh, synthetic to yep. kind of make her look a little bit different. The, the, just to circle back a little bit, the, a lot of the camera choices in this movie mm-hmm. were so odd, uh, unusual unremarkable yeah um even D- david fincher and the stinky alien three sorry <laughs> if you like it um but i it's it's kind of bad if if you ask me uh is that they had those strobing uh pov shots of the alien you know and yeah. chasing them in the prison and all that stuff but in this it was just uh, they had a lot of close-ups, or sometimes they'd have these random camera movement. Mm-hmm. It made no sense. It didn't cause any tension. It didn't uh, drive the story. It wasn't. There, fu- it wasn't fun. Yeah, there were a few like weird fisheye shots, like super close-ups with a fisheye lens mm-hmm. uh, on Christie a couple of times. Uh, like just right up at his nose, but it's like stretched his whole face out. And then the part that we were talking about before where the general was throwing the grenade into the escape thing, like the whole time he's like launching these escape pods, he's making these weird faces, but it's kind of, there were some Dutch angles that were really tied on him with a fish fish eye lens. So his face was all uh, stretched and twisted and stuff. And it almost like it, it looked comical. Like, it was this funny, comical thing, but I think it was supposed to make us feel tense. But, I don't know. It was just weird. Yeah, there's... Uh, sometimes it just I just question it. So, like, I was just thinking, this is really a bad comparison. So, you got this one that we're, we're like, why did they choose that? Uh-huh. Whereas in the most recent... You guys have all seen The Batman, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you know you never get a clear shot of what the Batmobile looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just intentional that, you know, either they didn't have the budget to make it look cooler, but you didn't <laughs> but you didn't really need to know what the Batmobile looked like, right? And I felt like that was a really interesting conscious it sounded cool. An interesting conscious choice. You know it's you know it's like a muscle car. Yeah. I mean, you know you see enough of it to know 
but you don't is, see right? it. Yeah. Because, yep. and I think that was always a big thing with the Batmans, right? It was mm-hmm. like, what's the Batmobile look like? Right. And, um, and it's cooler than the Nolan one. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, because I watched that recently, I was watching this and I'm like, what is the choice right. that they're doing this fisheye lens for the general? It's like, is he not emoting enough on his own? Right. <laughs> so they're like, let's just, let's just twist it around. And so some of those choices I, I just kind of baffle me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to tell when you're watching a movie um, how much of the camera it comes from the director and how much comes from the cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Because some directors just trust their cinematographer and say, hey, I need this kind of shot, and the cinematographer just does it. And sometimes the director says, hey, I want this specific lens and I want this specific lighting and, you know, and so it's hard to tell. So I don't know if these or were... the reel came unspooled and it got stretched. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so speaking of that, so the cinematographer had done a lot of music video mm-hmm. kind of stuff, like documentary video, like music videos, but then I'll have also done some fairly well-known stuff like Panic Room, The Beach... Avita, Pearl um, Harbor, yeah, so, like oh no, sorry, that's the no, that's the next one. Sorry, <clears throat> but you know, so obviously he, he can shoot a movie, mm-hmm. right? I just wonder, maybe he got a little addicted to the close claustrophobia of Panic Room, and he said, "I need to do this in space." <laughs> in the deep recesses of space, you only want to see someone's face. <laughs> um, so. Are there any other comments? Like anything else we want to touch on? I mean, I think I think we need to talk about, and we kind of did, just the weird, complete tone shift at the end of the movie, right? So there's, you know, Sigourney Weaver's character. You know, it's man versus science, whatever. You know, the hubris of man, whatever. And then at the end, I would say the last what, maybe twenty minutes. All of a sudden, it takes this hard, sharp turn left where Sigourney is grabbed by the aliens and kind of there's like a weird alien sex scene. Like, not a sex scene, but like she's getting you know, cozy it's, with the aliens. It's certainly yeah. romantic. Heavily implied. It is and, weird. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then. When that saxophone music started, you knew something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's kind of. I wouldn't Barry say French movie? kissing, but there's a scene where the where the alien kid child is licking her and and you know she's caressing and they're kind of embracing and then there's that whole scene with the giant queen where they're it, it kind rubbing. of envelops her yeah and yeah. then yeah it's just and even like they cut away to Sigourney to Winona Ryder and Winona Ryder's giving you a look like what is going on like i'm I'm uncomfortable she's reflecting the audience yeah 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 yeah. um i thought that that was such just a weird 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 interpretation of like (laughs) why does it have to go and well and the weird thing is too like i read i don't know if i wrote it down here but they were the studio wanted to cut that right the the romantic i'm going to say the romantic scene with the alien because they're like, this doesn't make any sense. And this is going to give it an R rating. It's just so weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. And she was like, if you cut that part, I walk from this project. Yeah. So uh, I don't well, know. Well, no, I think, I think Sigourney wanted to, the it scene was where she. Shape she's, of Water moment. What's that? I think Sigourney <laughs> wanted to get of rid water of. Shape of Water moment? 
Oscar. My award. understanding was that it was the scene where she destroys the seven clones. That's the scene that she didn't want cut from I, the movie. Well, I read about. I, I definitely I read, read about the the alien love scene as well. Yeah, me okay. too. Okay. I think that the reason that she did it was because of the seven clones. And they wanted to cut that, and she's like, "No, this is one of the reasons I want to even do this yeah, okay. at all. It's important." But then the alien love scene, because I was looking for that after reading that, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's weird." Well, it and then so they bizarre. have the alien weird... love scene. Seems like a good band name. <laughs> oh yes, you guys want to create a cover band? Yes, <laughs> alien love scene. It's from Alien Ant Farm. It's our cover band. <laughs> <laughs> that also dates me. Um, so I. It, also, like, what about just like the the, the hybrid alien? Because it obviously has like the white one breasts, and I also read that in the original kind of like design for it, it was going to have male and female right. kind of half body parts that got cut. But mm-hmm. like, what that, are your thoughts on that? Because they use tree fog so DNA. Weird. To tree frog <laughs> DNA. <laughs> That's right. Nature finds a way. To, yeah, so that it can switch its gender. That's yeah. what happens in uh, Jurassic Park. So I'll tell you, the design of that was disconcerting. Um, I off-putting, per- yeah. disturbing. I mean, you said it was cute. <laughs> we can rewind the tape. No, 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 no. The aliens' eyes. The aliens' eyes are have little like little white, you know. Glisten. You got a you got a thing. You said Max eyes in the bear suit were cute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on now. I think we've discovered what Bracken's like key feature is. You watch, yeah, er, listeners out there, you watch Alien Resurrection, and when you they show the close-up of the eyes, yeah. tell me what they're trying to go I, for. I will back up Bracken here. They do make a point to like accentuate the eyes. Like They light it in several times to make sure oh. that you know it is obviously human-leaning. I right? yes. watched the same film. I'm just telling you and it you didn't fell in work. Love. I'm just telling you <laughs> I fell in love with the alien queen. I was mad because he just straight up took off her head. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is it a xenomorph? Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> so... So hold on, this, this is awesome. This is this is another reason why this this movie is just so bad. It's so weird. This lame alien destroys the queen xenomorph with a single, with like a slap. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like a slap in the face of the audience. Yeah, is so what it is. The, the like that's what you love about the movie is you love man. the alien, and then they just they get rid of it and they give you this other you know Mac and me looking alien. Yeah, that's like uh crossbred with Skeletor. Right. And Mechamine you know, and Skeletor. needs to see the sun. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a little pasty. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this, Sigourney? Right. Maybe that's like, like alien what are you doing jaundice. To me? And you have to put what it under the lamp. Right? It's just ridiculous. So I know that um, we, we were talking about this uh, before the film, that H.R. Giger, who designed the original alien xenomorph and yeah, kind of yeah. the whole visual style of the aliens yeah. franchise um that weird organic it's organic machine, and machine right kind of blend yeah and and a little bit insectoid and stuff anyway he uh and was a little bit upset well, to be clear what's that no i'm not, I'm not making that up like, right his yeah, stuff was no. very erotic. Oh, like, yeah. Very, he made very, a point to put, his like... His stuff is very, very... It was very, yeah, like, human carapace. form and sexual. The, oh, like, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, but he was a little upset that he didn't get any credit 
for the designs in this, but there is no way that that last alien, the hybrid alien, was not even inspired by him. Right. I mean, yeah. it was so far from the visual style of everything else. They took the big long head that the yeah. xenomorphs had and and like folded it Merged back it. as it was so it was like part of the neck. I mean, the thing looked like a like a hunchback with like a a gigantic. Oh wait, you know what it looked like? Have you ever seen um, somebody? At a university or something somewhere, uh, designed what a human being would look like who could survive a car crash. Okay. Have you ever seen that? No. Um, the spines all fused. No, no. So it's, it's erotic. They're, no, they're taking. I, I don't think I want to see it. Ben. You're, he's looking on this phone. Okay, listen. Yeah. Our, our, I really don't want to. I don't want to see this picture. This is a family show. I don't so, want to see it. So let me let me ask this. You know, I know people don't really use like copiers anymore, but remember how you would copy a copy and it gets progressively worse and worse and worse. <laughs> I think a lot of that is what happened here is there was just a lot of genetic inbreeding. I mean, there's she's the eighth clone. Are we talking about the fact that this is the fourth movie or there's is a little this... bit of both? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going, I think there's a the common baby. thread here. Okay. I'm talking about the baby and the movie. Oh, okay. Right? Got it. Where it's like it. look, just just throw it back in the copier. I'm sure it'll come out better. Just keep going through that. Crank up the contrast. It's, yeah. What the crap is that? <laughs> so this is the thing. They, they figured out in order for a human to survive a, a car crash, yeah. um, they would have to have a certain bone density and muscle density and things like that. And so this is what they would have to look like in it order to like survive. A thumb with arms. <laughs> Just put a Skeletor mask on it, shouldn't and it's the alien be, hybrid. Shouldn't they just be covered in a giant balloon? I mean, yeah, right. Like a... <laughs> okay, and anyway. not 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 to like give too much crap to the alien too, but like, what did you think of its death scene? Again, like, <laughs> no, seriously, whole, that whole end of the movie yeah, was yeah. super rushed, right? Yeah. yeah, I kept like I remembered the creepy alien, like the hybrid, but I, in my memory, I remember that being like the main thrust of the movie. It's not, it shows up literally at the very, very, very end of the end. movie. I agree. And for a few scenes and then it dies immediately. Yeah. So, so who wants to talk about its death scene? Well, can I just say that one of my favorite James Bond movies is, is Goldfinger. Mm -hmm. And at the end of Goldfinger, Goldfinger goes out the window of a plane and, Dies. Okay. If that makes sense, he gets mm -hmm. sucked out of a jet. Yeah. Because okay. the window just gets like shot. Freaked. So I, I'll just. This is my intro. I'll let someone else talk about it's, how the uh, alien dies. But this is. Uh, I thought it was an homage to that, but it was a lot more graphic. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the alien gets killed. I think in the first, both the first two get sucked out of the airlock, right? The first one, just the, the well, yeah, the first two, are, they're blasted out the airlock. Blasted yeah. out the airlock. Void of space. Yeah. In this case, uh, there is no airlock on their little bitty ship. Uh, so Ripley is like cuddling with it and stuff, and she rubs her hand across its teeth to cut her hand, which her, her blood is acid, and then she Flips the acid on the window. Little picture window. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a little porthole. Yeah. In the side of the ship. And it cracks a little teeny tiny BB hole. Like a little bullet maybe hole. Maybe like, well, yeah. Maybe it like starts a, maybe out a little tiny. It grows a little bit bigger. And then it maybe gets to the, the size, size of a like, ping pong ball. About the, yeah. Same, yeah. about the size of, yeah. well, towards the end, it's about the size of like the, the hole on a golf course green. That's right. Yeah. It starts out as, or a baseball. as like a ping pong ball size. And that pressurization sucks the alien to the window and it starts getting a, a hernia that comes out through that and then the the 
hole grows a little bit bigger and it eventually breaks the skin and like all of the guts just, just get evacuates it yeah just start getting sprayed out into space so and it shrinks up like the house in poltergeist imagine you have a capri sun yes and somebody's put a bunch of macaroni and cheese in it instead <laughs> and you you puncture the back of it and then you squeeze it as hard as you can <laughs> That's how this poor little it's hybrid like dies. It's like the ultimate episode of Dr. Pimple Popper. Yes, yes it is. Totally. Yes, yes. Thank, thank you, Brant. At the very end of it, hashtag satisfying. Yes. <laughs> you throw a little ASMR on that, and that is oh YouTube gold. Yes. It certainly, uh, it was an it interesting. It left a mark. It was, it was a memorable scene. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. it was not at a dinner theater for this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd like to see the Broadway stage play. <laughs> Please make it a musical. Oh my goodness! <laughs> my baby child, my baby child. So you just put the bucket, starts throwing like links of sausages off the stage. <laughs> oh, I got the, I got the sausage signed. It was great. <laughs> the oh whole my cast. Gosh. Okay, so final thoughts. I think we're all oh. in agreement. This is a fantastic movie. So go ahead, <laughs> yeah. So just going on with that ending. So they decide like the the giant ship yeah they, they, they've oh, used right. too much power so they can't make it explode so they've got to crash it yeah into earth so they crash it into the earth and we thought that they were going to crash it into the moon right yeah which so seems they, like a great solution but they crash into the earth which this is like a kill the dinosaurs type of event yeah in an reality. extinction level yeah. event i i kind of think they got the scale wrong right. on their globe yes. it was we like the at. bottom half it, of the it took out yeah the bloated destroyed, destroyed the southern hemisphere yeah, yeah. But Con- then Congo was all gone. Yeah. South Africa, all of yeah, it was all gone. Yeah, and then they then they but then they come in. What's it called? The Betty, the ship that the they're Betty on. The ship yeah. is Betty. Um, and then they're all looking out the windows at how amazing Earth is. But I was like, no, Earth's gone now. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have destroyed Earth. You, you think that's a sunset? That's radiation, <laughs> right? That's nuclear winter. Yeah. yeah. Just wait. That South Africa coming up at you. And, <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, yes, we I think we all agreed this is a fantastic film. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no. Yes. No, that was a that was a great punctuation. So, let's just go around. Bracken, what did you think of this fabulous movie? So I I may surprise you all, maybe not. I don't know, maybe you all feel the same way, but I thought this was a pretty good movie at the beginning, you know, the first half, like I said. Mm-hmm. Second half is much more what is going on, mm-hmm. and it's pretty entertaining. I, to be perfectly honest, I'm not going to say too much about it, but I do think this is exceptionally bad, in my opinion. Like, I, it's so over the top fun, it's not ever boring, uh, but the second half is definitely more entertaining than, say, the serious tone of the first half. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just I would recommend seeing it. Like you will not, it's just, it is a little graphic. It's rated R. It, you know, if that's not your thing, sorry, it's an alien movie. It's but a pretty hard R too. It's a hard R, but it is pretty, if you're curious about a train wreck, this is a train wreck of a movie. And the second half is, is quite, quite fun. All right, Nate. So I came into you know, our recording session slash movie watching experience. I was in a little bit of a bad mood. Um, and this was like the perfect cure for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, 
I, I, I'll agree with Bracken. I feel like this is, is exceptionally bad to watch as a group. I, I would not recommend watching it on your own because you're depriving people of, of your, like, what the heck mm-hmm. reactions to everything. But it, it was a lot of fun. I definitely would say this is exceptionally bad. Plus, you know, it gave rise to my new favorite band, Alien Love Scene. <laughs> Alien Love Scene. <laughs> Look for us on Spotify and Anchor. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I, I'm right on the edge, right on the fence with this one because, um, it, there is, there are a lot of things on here that I feel like people should watch to just like to see that last alien, the hybrid alien, (laughs) people have got to see that thing and just like, it's, you just laugh at it because it's so whatever it is. It's so wrong. Yeah, it's so wrong. Um, but but it feels so right. <laughs> ben, you have to play saxophone music over the top of this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Little Kenny G. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's this is not as painful as the third movie. I'm so glad we didn't watch the third movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't think. I don't think it's quite good enough for me to call it exceptionally bad. But like I said, I'm right on the fence mm-hmm. with that. It's almost there. Um, I I do kind of feel like after watching it that I just wasted a couple of hours of my life instead of, uh, you know, enjoying a couple of hours of my life. So... <laughs> I think you so... just hurt Danny's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm gonna go with bad but again just right on the edge almost exceptionally bad so i'm going to diverge slightly i do agree that it was an exceptionally bad movie i do think it's a lot of fun to watch in a group mm-hmm. i also think that if you are like you know how you get a little loopy when you're short on sleep oh yeah right. i think this would be a great <laughs> movie to watch and then you wake up in the morning and be like did i actually watch what i just watched was i tired did i clearly i missed something or if you're into uh mind altering recreational substances I think you could also enjoy this like solo, like caffeine like or Diet like Dr. Pepper, Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, so I would say it is exceptionally bad solo under the right circumstances, but especially you have to watch this as a group mm-hmm. and especially find somebody who's never seen this before mm-hmm. and maybe doesn't even have any context. It's just kind of like, like me. It's like the friend who, <laughs> who knows about star Wars, but's never actually seen it. Right. Get that kind of person to watch the movie and then just, <laughs> just pause and watch their face when they're like, what is that? What? And you just pretend like you're so serious about the whole thing and yeah, how yeah, important. Yeah. Just build it up. Tell them, look, the first two were okay. The third was kind of a triumph. The fourth just is a masterpiece. This you defines this. This, this, this is my is favorite film of all time. Yes, yes. And then just watch the fireworks <laughs> and the sausage viscera into space. Um, maybe do that on April 1st. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm glad we didn't do Alien 3 also, yeah. because it's not a fun movie, but this no. one is, when you compare the two, is definitely more fun than Alien 3. It does mm-hmm. definitely kick over the fence to yeah. the yes. outside, right. in my it's mind. A whole other, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Any final comments on anybody? 
Well, I just want to remind people that they want to reach out to us. They can always send us an email at theguys at exceptionallybad.com. Or hit us up on Instagram at exceptionallybad. Or Twitter, exceptionallybad. Or on our website at exceptionallybad.com. Sweet. Sweet. Well, we look forward to hearing from you guys. Please send us any suggestions, comments, anything you hate. Again, Danny reads all of those and takes them very personally. And if you have any ideas for any sequels that you want us to listen to this season, or just bad movies in general, make sure to let us know. Yeah, we'd love recommendations. Thanks, guys. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Who do I have to spend time with to get out of here? (laughs) Bad movies with your friends. Ugh, that was terrible. Can we fix that in post?